Yeah, well, welcome. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, not that you went anywhere, but we are so excited to, uh, to have you with us this uh, Sunday morning once again. I know some of you may be dialed in a little bit later, so I just want to welcome you to, uh, to join in uh, St. Andrews on this Easter Sunday to worship with us. And a couple of things I want to let you know is uh, on Wednesday, August and I at 7 o'clock, we'll be doing our, our worship and prayer service. We did one last week. We're live streaming that. And um, it was just, man, it was powerful for me. It was something that it was just on, on August in my heart uh, to do and, and so glad we, we did it. And uh, it was awesome. We're gonna continue to do that. And, uh, and then also on Wednesday at 5.30, we're going to start the growth track. Uh, the growth track is the way that, that we have folks get, uh, become members of our church and get engaged in the life of the church. And we're gonna do it online, um, obviously, since nothing can be in person. Um, and, uh, and so we're gonna do it online. We're gonna have something on our website, we'll put it out social media wise uh, where you can sign up and we're going to do a Zoom class. And so I will send an invite out to everybody who's signing up uh, to do a Zoom class with me and I'll share screen and and we'll have a a great, wonderful time uh, going through those things. This week is step three, is that correct? Yeah, step three. So the the way it works is first week is always step one and step two, step three and step four. Um, This week is step three. So it'll be 5.30 p.m. on Wednesday, right before uh, we do seven o'clock in here, the, uh, the live stream of our worship and prayer service. And then next Sunday, we begin a new series. And I'm super excited about it. Um, and I'm not gonna tell you what it is though, because I don't know, um, <laughs> I got nothing. I mean, I'd, I'd planned like multiple things um, and none of them seem right. Um, I've gone different directions, different ways, and I have a bunch, but I just, I, I can't get it there. Um, so we may just gather together and worship and then, I'm, and then we're gonna stare at one another. Any of you think your computer's glitching right now? It's not, um, yeah, we'll just do that for 25 minutes. It'll be great. Uh, I'm just kidding. Had a little bit of, uh, what was that? Um, uh, little Mermaid, didn't they do that? They sat around and stared at each other all day, the, the, the seagull. Um, anyway, y'all should look it up. Uh, so so I, I don't know, it'll be something. Uh, we'll have something, we will bring it. God is gonna give something to us um, and, and walk into this new season as we are hopefully coming down and out of our, our COVID reality. Uh, but who knows, right? Um, he does, which is, which is the great thing about it, um, is that God has all of this under control. You know, the first service, um, I have to tell you, it was uh, the, 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 the choir and Letty did great. She did a wonderful, she did wonderful name as her offertory um, as, as well. And, um, and it was awesome and, and it was great and wonderful, but um, I just missed it. Totally, I felt like I missed it. I, I got off and, and I've heard from some people that watch, they're like, no, it was great. It was really, it was powerful and everything, but it wasn't there for me. And, and, and I told the worship team the scripture I was preaching on uh, before we came out and I'm preaching on, spoiler alert, John chapter 11, uh, which is Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And they're like, well, that's not, like that's a resurrection, but it's not the resurrection. <laughs> like, why aren't you teaching? Why aren't you using Jesus coming out of the tomb? <laughs> And so then I got all self-confident, you know, self-conscious about myself. Um, and so I don't know what's gonna happen. So thanks worship team. Thanks for getting all up in my head. I'm fragile, I'm a fragile little elf right now. Um, no, but, but today is Easter Sunday, right? And it's, it's the Super Bowl of Sundays. And the last service, what I said was my, my least favorite holiday in the world is Valentine's Day. And the reason I said that is not because I don't love my wife. I love my wife very much. It's because I don't think I need one day to, prove my love to her, 
when I should be doing it the rest of the year, right? I mean, that's, that's for bad husbands, really, Valentine's Day is. Um, it's not for husbands. Look, I don't get it right uh, every, every day, 365. You know, I'm not always loving the, my wife the way that, that I need to, but I don't need one day to tell me how I should be. And Easter kind of falls into that category for me to a degree because e- Easter is just a, like this one day where we celebrate that the tomb is empty. And really I had a negative spin on that at the first service, but as I've thought about it and as the worship team messed with me, maybe there is something to this. Maybe there is that moment. We do need that moment that to, to like get the paddles on our spiritual life and just go, bam, right? And, and just like hold the reset button down, whatever picture analogy you wanna throw in there. But maybe there's that moment where we need to stop and sit in the wonder and awe. Now we should be doing it all year long, but here at this moment, we, we just have this new revitalization of our understanding of who Jesus is, what he did, and then what that means for us. And so maybe, maybe I'm looking at it for pastors on Easter. It's the Super Bowl Sunday. There are more people dialed into Easter services around the world today. There's more people dialed into church services around the world today than at any other time in my lifetime. There are more people who are experiencing a message of hope and of Jesus Christ than at any other time in my lifetime, maybe even beyond my lifetime, right? Because we have this ability to connect with people over technology that we've never had before. And even though we're all locked at home, we all can access this thing. And so there's this huge pressure to get the message of hope and peace out there. And Because here's the thing is a lot of times people, look, we know that, there's a greater attendance on Easter Sunday than, than any other Sunday. It, this, I mean, we have a huge spike now and then it typically kind of dwindles down into summer where you all disappear, except now I have you here. Look, you're all in the pews, so you can't ever leave me. <laughs> but, but, but there is this kind of this pattern. And, and one of the things is, because I think what church has become is instead of always focusing, like we, we take Easter and we go, yay, Jesus. And then the rest of the year, we try to apply that. And how we apply what it means to be risen and resurrected people is we give ourselves rules and regulations. What we do is, is we turn Christianity into how does Jesus make bad people good? How, how, how does Jesus, how does the death and resurrection of Jesus take me a bad person and make me good? Right, that's kind of what we do. In fact, even Bible, B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. Has anybody ever heard that? Right, that, that old, ba- you know, it's like an old school deal, basic instructions before leaving earth. That's just trying to get you to essentially earn your way, live your way, be bad and too good. And that's not what the resurrection is all about. That's not what the message of Jesus, that's certainly not what Easter is all about. Instead, what it really is and what the church should be every other Sunday of the year, it should be about making dead people alive because that's what this message is, right? That, that's, what, that's what the message of Christ is, that the death was conquered. And so Jesus Christ, who gave up everything to know what we know and to be one of us, came to live with us, to suffer with us, to be tempted and tested like us, died but didn't stay dead. He gives us the ability to bring the dead to life. Now with that, when we understand that, yeah, it's gonna make your life better. 
When you understand and you accept that Jesus Christ's death and resurrection is for you and you lean into that, what it does is it, it reaches into the rest of your life and it pulls you from where you are and it brings you into a better place. I promise you lean into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You lean into the experience of church and worship and prayer and all that it means to be a part of a community and just get involved in an online small group or Bible study, however it is. You do those things over the course of a year, you will see where you were and you'll see that you are so much better. I promise you. If you are a praying person and you pray, and you be, or you never were and you begin to pray and you begin to read scripture and you're praying, God, make me a better husband. You ask your wife at the end of a year and see what she says. Man, he really is. He's more patient with the kids. He's more patient with me. He's more giving, he's more loving. I promise. See, this is what it's all about. This is what the message is all about is giving life to things that were dead. It's taking the dead and bringing them back to life. In Romans chapter eight, Paul says this. He goes, look, the same power that brought Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. The same power, the same spirit that, that brought Jesus Christ, that reached into the tomb and gave life to a dead body lives in each one of us. It says the same power lives in you. And, and so if the same power lives in you, don't you think God is able to do the same thing in you? Don't we think that when we accept that gift of life, that Jesus is going to move through us in ways that, don't you think that he's gonna take the dead and bring it to life? Look, this year Easter is totally different, right? I mean, it's such a weird thing. It was really cool in between services and. And I know some of you came up on Friday and Saturday to, to get your picture by the prayer wall with the lilies. And, and I'm sorry we didn't put them out because we felt like the, the forecast said severe storms, in fact, tornado warnings last night, right? And then nothing. Um, but we didn't want to set the lilies out and then have lilies go through people's windows across. I didn't feel like that was being a good neighbor uh, to have a lily, a lily just go right through. Happy Easter, you know, type deal. Um, and so we didn't put them out and we didn't want them destroyed. So they're out there today. Uh, Chelsea Cox and her husband Brian came up this morning. Thank you guys for doing that. And, and, and they set him up and she put something on the cross and it looks really awesome out there. But in between services, I went out and I got to see um, some families who were coming to take pictures. And it was really funny. Um, there, there's, most of the families were like, this is the first time we've all showered in about four days. You know, <laughs> I mean, everyone's like, for, like this one mom said, you know, I finally washed the girl's hair, you know, and they, they all look so adorable and cute. And like everybody was like Eastered up, which was perfect. And I hope you are at home as, as well. But it's just like, it's not the normal Easter. And the normal Easter, you're, you're all here and, 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 and dressed so pretty and wearing hats and everybody's strutting around. And then you have your, your reservation. You're like, wrap it up, preacher, because I got reservations to get to, you know, I, I got a mimosa in my future. And, and so you're all worried about that. And, and that's not this year. Like th this year feels, so, there's so much weight on this year. There, there's so much really heaviness because we've all been working through these times and these last weeks that, man, it's a new world and a new reality for us. And, and here's the kicker for me is, is not having a finish line. Oh, that, that's another punch to the gut for me. Not knowing when this is going to end just causes me to spin out of control. 
Because look, I, I, can, I can run as long as I need to run, as long as I can see the finish line and know that I'm getting closer. When that finish line isn't even in my sight, it's just like, I'm gonna sit down on the side of the road and hope a car hits me type deal. And, and so I know that we've been coming into this time and, and a lot of us are, are, are kind of experiencing the same deal. We're experiencing this kind of, this weightiness of when is this going to end? And, and man, Easter, God, I was praying so hard that Easter Sunday would be the day that we all get to join back together. I, I, I was like, I, I just had like, God, man, this is a great story. Oh God, how, how awesome would it be if you just like release the world into freedom from this disease and we all come back on Easter and we celebrate together as a body. Like that, that's a movie, maybe a Hallmark movie, but it's a movie that you could throw out there. It's, you know, and, and just what, what a great story that, that would be. And, but not only is that not the case, it, it's not gonna be next Sunday either. Or, or maybe or maybe the next, we, we don't know, right? We don't know when it's going to be. But, but here's the thing, the message of Easter doesn't change. I, I, I know there's a lot of people that are feeling death right now. And let me tell you what God has to offer you, life. Because the same spirit that brought Jesus Christ back from the dead dwells in you. That same power that reached into the, the lifeless Jesus said, get up lives in you. See, C.S. Lewis says it this way, that Easter is death working backwards. I, I love that quote. The, the Easter is when we saw death going backwards. We were dead, but now we're alive. We talked about it last week when, when, when the prodigal son comes home. He says, my son was lost, but now he was dead, but now he's alive. But he wasn't really dead, right? He was just gone. And today I, I wanna tell you a story about a guy who actually, actually was dead. See, so, so, so Paul sets us out on this motion. He goes, look, the same spirit is in you, the same spirit that brought Jesus Christ from the dead. And, and he says, all you gotta do, I'll let, I'll let Jesus tell you. So in John chapter 11, in, in John 11, there's this wonderful story. If you got a Bible app, whatever, open it home. I, I, don't, I can't tell if you're playing games on your phone now, um, but open up your, your Bible app to John chapter 11. It, it should be on the screen, but I'm jumping around. Uh, a little bit uh, to today. I've, I've already changed a lot of stuff. So in John chapter 11, there is the story of Lazarus. And, and the story of Lazarus is this really well-known story. It's a story that, that a lot of people, if you've come to Sunday school, you've seen it, right? You've, you've seen the felt board of Lazarus and all that stuff and the mumminess. And it's kind of a creepy, cool story. Um, but so Jesus says, a man named Lazarus was sick. Verse one here is, is here where I am. He lived in Bethany with his sister, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. John's giving you a little, little foreshadowing because he's saying in the next chapter, John chapter 12 is when, he, this is when Mary does this, but he's trying to tell you who these people are, right? Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus. Two sisters sent a message. Their brother is very, very sick. Lazarus is very, very sick. And, and they get together and, and they send a little telegram off to their boy Jesus because they, they know Jesus. And what they say in this translation, it says, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But in many translations, it'll say, Lord, the, the one you love is very sick. So let me tell you, this is an important distinction here. It doesn't say the one who loves you. It, you know, it, it doesn't say, hey, hey, Jesus, 
Your boy Lazarus, remember, he, man, he loves you a lot. He prays to you all the time. He, he goes to church, he, he tithes and he gives offerings and, and, and he does all, he serves on, on the trustees. It doesn't say anything about that. It doesn't say anything about how Lazarus feels about Jesus. What they remind Jesus is how Jesus feels about Lazarus. See, a lot of times what we think is, we think that God's movement in our life is conditional upon our love of him. But this isn't what that's saying. What this is saying is Jesus isn't motivated to act by Lazarus's love for him. Jesus is motivated to act because he loves Lazarus. God isn't motivated to move in our life because we love him. He's motivated to move in our life because he loves us. God was motivated to send his son to die for us because he loves us. That's an important thing to hold on to because a lot of times what we try to do is we try to prove our worth and worthiness to God. It's like, I, I, I don't need that. I love you. And that's why I'm moving. I have this, as we just saying, this reckless love for you. And so they send him this letter and says, hey, Jesus, the one you love, is very sick. And Jesus says this, says Lazarus sickness will not end in death. No, it, it happened for the glory of God so that the son of God will receive glory from this. And then John says this, and he sticks this line in here for a very important reason. He says, so although Jesus loved Martha Mary and Lazarus. So although Jesus loved Martha, because fo focus on those words that John puts in there right there. Although Jesus loved Martha, Mary and Lazarus, because John is setting you up, he says, he waited two more days. He stayed two days where he was. He just hung out. John's like, no, ser seriously, y'all. Look, I know what's about to happen is gonna make you think that Jesus doesn't love Lazarus but he waited. Well, he, get, he gets this letter from, from a family that he loves so much. He says, we need you. We need you, Jesus, come on. And he waits. One day, two days, and then he's gotta travel. And he finally says to the disciples, all right, let's go back to Judea. And so they make the long journey to Judea. And, and verse 11 is, is where I am. And he says, then he said, our, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. And the, this freaks the disciples out, right? He goes like, uh, my buddy Lazarus, he's just fallen asleep. I'm gonna go wake him up. And, and the disciples are like, well, Lord, if he's sleeping, won't he just get better? Like if he's, isn't that what you're supposed to do? I asked Dr. Connor about this in the first service. Day one of medical school, don't they teach you drink pretty of fluids, get lots of rest and call me in the morning, right? That's like 101 for medicine. Every doctor, that's their go-to thing. Are you drinking a lot of fluids? Yes. Are you getting plenty of sleep, right? No, who is these days? Everyone's at home, you know, but it's like, you know, drink, sleep, call you in the morning. And the disciples are like, Man, Jesus, this is fine. We can take care of it. He'll take care of it himself. See, what they're doing is they're trying to put their own understanding onto what Jesus is about to do. 
They're trying to put this natural standing in, in, the, in the way that they think things should move and operate. They're like, Jesus, surely this is the case. But then Jesus calls them out. He's like, oh my gosh. So he says it in a way that they can understand it. Lazarus is dead. Plain and simple. You idiots, let me spell it out for you. He's dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come, let's go and see him. See, what Jesus is doing is Jesus, Jesus is doing all of this for his glory, as he said earlier. Like, this is gonna happen for my glory. This is gonna happen for the Father's glory. And so I have a reason for what I am doing. He's dead. We're gonna go, and now, now, now you're really going to believe. And so they go to see Lazarus. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been dead in his grave for four days. And this four days is very important. It's a very significant number because the Jews believed that the soul would last in the body until day three. And then the soul would depart. So at day four, you're dead. Like you were dead before, but you're like, you're dead, dead. You're gone. There is nothing that could happen to revive you. This is why Mary and Mary go to the tomb on day three to see Jesus. When this soul is departing, there's something special and significant about that moment. That moment has passed for Lazarus. He's been in the tomb. It's now day four. Dude is gone, right? Jesus shows up day four. Martha hears that he's coming down the road, and so she goes out to meet him. Martha, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here. If only you had been here, he wouldn't have died. Lord, if only, if only, if, you ever said if only? Right, if only is this term that we use that, that looks back to the past and wants to change it a little bit, not necessarily for the past, but but for what's going on right now in the present. We, we wanna change something in the past just a little bit to shape where we are now. And so, and so Martha says, Jesus, if only you were here, he wouldn't have died. And Jesus responds, but she says, but I know that you can ask anything of God and it will happen. And Jesus goes, yeah, he will be resurrected. And Martha says, I know he's gonna be resurrected. We all know that, the final day. See, it was a strong belief of the Jews and, and it comes all throughout the Old Testament in multiple places, Daniel and Isaiah, that, that there will be a great resurrection of all of the dead who God loves and they will get their new bodies and live in the new earth. And she's like, dude, I know that. That does nothing for me right now, right? You can almost hear her sadness in how she responds. I know that he will be resurrected at the last day. And then this is where everything turns because Jesus takes this, and why this is a significant moment, yes, his tomb is also, because he takes resurrection, not just the end resurrection, but he takes resurrection and he says, it's not an event, it's a person. And it's not some time in the future, it's now. He says, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection, 
right? Everything that you'd ever thought or believed about the resurrection in, in the future, whatever it is, let me tell you something, Martha. I am, you need to change your thinking because there is not an if only that you can change something in the past. What N.T. Wright says is he's trying to get her to say, if Jesus, he's trying to have her look to the future. He's trying to have her understand what the kingdom of God is going to be like. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after they die. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. And then he gets to the question, do you believe this? Right? He, 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 he's changing her theology, theology. He's blowing it. He's like, I am the resurrection. If you believe in me, you will never die. And anyone who dies will live. Believe, believe, do you believe? See, that's what he's asking. Do you believe that he has the ability to take something that is dead and bring it back to life? Because right after this, if you know the rest of the story is he goes over to the grave, Mary comes out, he has his moment with Mary. He says, roll the tomb away. They're like, well, he's been dead for three days. It's gonna stink in there. They roll it away. He's like, Lazarus, come on down, right? And Lazarus walks out, takes off his dead clothes. He does a little Lazarus dance. That's not true. That's my part of the story. But as Lazarus comes out and people are blown away by this. And a lot of people believe because of what they had just seen because dude was four days dead. You don't come back from that. And yet Jesus called him out. And the Pharisees catch wind of this because some people don't believe and they go and they tell the Pharisees. And the Pharisees are talking about this. Well, we need to get rid of Jesus. If he continues to do these miraculous signs, then people are gonna get in an uproar and then Rome is gonna come down and just crush us. And Caiaphas, the high priest, says the most brilliant thing he ever says and he doesn't realize it. He says, don't you all get it? One man is going to have to die to save everyone else. He doesn't even realize that he's casting the prophecy of what he is about to orchestrate for Jesus in a few days. Because from this moment, the cross is just a few days away. From this moment, the empty tomb is just a few days away. See, this is the culmination of everything that Jesus was teaching us. Jesus had been teaching us from the very beginning of his ministry. He's showing us all these different things that are going on. He's, he's walking on water. He's feeding 5,000 people with no Food. He's healing people that are, that are lame, that are blind. He's releasing demons from people. All of these different things. He's taking the kingdom of the world and he's flipping it on his head and saying, no, 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 this is the kingdom of God, right? He's turning everything upside down. And then at this moment, he shows the world that he has the power of life over death. For those who believe that same power dwells inside of us and to put the cherry on top of it, to start the whole revolution in motion, a few days later, after he had been dead for three days, he gets up by himself out of the grave and walks out. Do you believe? Do you believe today that 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 is dead can come back to life? Do you believe that Jesus Christ has the power to reach into this world at this place and time and to say that everything that is dead is now alive? Do you believe that he has the power to end this virus? Do you believe that he has the power to restore our economy and our families? Do you believe that he has the power to reach 
through time and give you, you, life. Here's the thing though, why did he wait two days? Right, I mean, he, he, he was waiting two days so that Lazarus would be like really dead. Not just dead, but he really dead. But it, can you imagine what Mary and Martha were thinking then? In those two days, they send him this letter, they cry out to him, Jesus, we need you. And he, even when he's late, Martha still says, if you'd been here, this could have happened, but I know still that whatever you ask for, God will do. What do you think the disciples were thinking when Jesus waits? Like John even embarrassingly puts in this like kind of qualifier, like, no, 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 really guys, I know it's not gonna sound like it, but Jesus really loved Lazarus. I promise. You ever felt like, man, I gotta tell you, I feel like God is not moving in the ways that I need him to move right now. You know what I'm talking, are you, are you with me right now? Like, like you're like, God, I need you to heal people. I need you to restore our world. I need you to restore our country. I need to be, I need to be around people again. The paper people are fine, but none of them are laughing. They're sure drinking a lot, not to be laughing. You know, I mean, like I need, I need some feedback. I need some humanity in my life. I loved going out. God, it was just great seeing other people, other families. We were staying well apart from one another, but going, wow, how are you doing? Love seeing you on Easter Sunday. Where's God? God, move. I've been crying out to God. I've been crying out to Jesus. Jesus, move. Heal people from this disease. And I know I'm not the only one. I know you're there too. I know that maybe you're thinking, why hasn't he moved yet? Can he move? If only, if only, God. How about, we, how about we say this? God doesn't always move on our timeline because maybe we don't see the bigger picture. See, what John was embarrassingly trying to set aside and the disciples didn't understand why Jesus was sitting waiting for a couple of days. What Mary and Martha didn't understand is they were sitting there watching their brother die and they'd be buried for day upon day upon day and nowhere was Jesus. Where is he? What they didn't understand was, was God was purposefully waiting because something bigger was in the making. If Jesus had shown up right when he got the message, Lazarus may not have even been dead yet and he could have just healed him. If he had shown up at day one or two, the people would have been like, eh, we've kind of seen that before. But day four, come on. Ain't nobody come back from day four. Sometimes when we think God isn't moving, he's waiting. He's waiting because he's doing something bigger. And so I believe that this Easter. I believe that God is doing something bigger. I believe that God is moving in ways that we can't understand or comprehend. I believe that God is moving in your life. I believe that this is a, this is a time where God has sent out, man, this is my message that is gonna go out to so many millions of people. And this is the first time they're going to understand what it means that I gave my life so that they might have theirs. This is the first time, this Easter Sunday, man, people would have come back in, but not everybody who's watching would have. 
Not everybody who's dialed in to, not just our church service, but church services all over the world. Not everybody would have known the message of hope and resurrection that is the tomb of Jesus. Not everybody would have known these words when Jesus said to his beloved Martha, no, 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 I am the resurrection. Do you believe? See, that's what he asks of Martha. And that's what I ask of us. Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus has the power to end this virus? Do you believe that, that Jesus can move in this world, even though it seems like he's not? Even though it seems like we're crying out to him and everybody said, where's Jesus? Do you believe that he can move in your life? That he can bring some holy water raining down on us? And the worship team is coming up right now. Maggie's the only one that's gotten the clue. Good gracious. That's so funny. I don't know if y'all could see me waving Maggie. I wasn't waving away anything else. I'm telling you. I was waving Maggie on. That's awesome. The question, the question that Jesus had for us, the question that, that still rings through the, 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 core, the cross of time is do you believe? Easter Sunday is the day that we celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ gave his life so that dead things would come alive again. That those who believe in the power of the Spirit, that Spirit dwells inside of us. The same Spirit that reached in and brought Jesus back to life lives inside of us. And so nothing this world can throw at us can hold us back. Nothing, no virus, no disease, no addiction, no broken relationship can separate us from the love of Christ. Do you believe? Father, we thank you and praise you so much for the way that you move in our life. God, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died and conquered death so that we might have our we believe, Lord. We believe in your son. We believe in the resurrection. We believe in the power of the spirit that dwells inside of us. We believe that you can end this virus. We believe that you can reach into this time and this place and bring restoration to all things. We believe. We believe. In Jesus' holy name, amen.